This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including eBooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the New Books in Sociology, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. I'm Deidre Tyler, host of the channel. Today, we'll be talking with Vim Van Hegen, and he will have to pronounce his name if I'm mispronouncing it. He's a scholar and an author evolving as a digital scholar, teaching and researching in a digital world. How are you doing today? I'm fine. Thank you, Deidre. And uh, you pronounced my name pretty well. So it's uh, Wim van Petegem. Thank you. Can you start by giving us some information about yourself and how you became interested in this project? Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm a professor at the University of Leuven in Belgium. Uh, My background is uh, engineering. But since a long time, I'm more interested in the application of the technology than uh, rather developing technology, Um, and especially application of technology in uh, sectors where we are working with human beings, let's say. Um, And in the beginning, I was uh, interested in biomedical engineering. um, But later on, I got more and more interested in education. Um, And so at the current Currently, my my research topics are all related to learning technologies, uh, instructional design, engineering education, and so on. Um, And it's uh, based on that background uh, that uh, I was involved in many trainings uh, on how to apply technology and education long time before the pandemic came and we all moved to online learning and so on. in these trainings, I had a chance to, to, to share my, my expertise and knowledge on, 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 uh, on that topic uh, with all kinds of people all over the world, let's say. Um, and one of the, the well, the, 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 the colleagues that I was working mostly together with um, are colleagues from the Stellenbosch University in South Africa. Um, and we, we, we organized there um, a workshop uh, in their African Doctoral Academy There was a a one-week workshop uh, that we organized twice a year for their PhD students. Um, And uh, each time when we organized these workshops or these trainings, uh, we we got the question 
is isn't there something tangible that you could offer us as sort of outcome of the training or a sort of reference or manual uh, that we could take home uh, and and still use after the workshop or the training um and there it that that was the the let's say the starting point when we uh, wanted to yeah to to do something to to um to address that question thank you well you talked about the roles and skills um, and uh yeah. you talk, yes please you, yes you talked about the roles and skills associated with being a digital scholar um mm -hmm. describe that to the audience okay um we all know that we are living in a digital world nowadays uh and uh as as a as a scholar, as an academic, uh, we are supposed to, uh, yeah, well, the, the, the normal three missions of a university are related to education, research, and community service. Um, and for all three of them, uh, we see that that uh, in the digital world, uh, we need new sort of competences, new skills. Um, we need to know how the new technologies, the digital technologies could help us to make our work more effective and more efficient. Um, and so that's the reason why we think that that you need to evolve as a scholar and, and become more and more a digital scholar. Uh, um, and in the book, we, we present sort of framework to help you to define these competences uh, and try to, to, to understand what is needed and, and, and how you could um, yeah, evolve and grow in these different uh, different competences. Um, we think that um, besides the, 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 the normal three missions of a university and a scholar, uh, we also need to think about um, the, the, your, um, uh, your position in the, let's say, in the world uh, as, as an individual, member of a team, an institution, uh, part of, of, of your region, and, and even connecting with the, the, the global world. So that's the second dimension we think that is important uh, uh, next to the three dimension, uh, the three missions I already mentioned. And the, the, the third dimension we would like to bring in there is that um, we think you could play several roles there, uh, a role as an author, a role as a storyteller, role as an integrator, a networker, uh, and, and that's, that, that's the, the third dimension we, we, we like you to develop and, and which is explained in the book uh, more in detail. Uh, now, you talked about people and different generations and the technological change, the baby boomers, mm -hmm. the Generation X, Generation Y, and Generation Z. Um, right. Elaborate on that a little more. Okay. Um, yeah, the... Um, the point is that uh, we, we see that the kind of students uh, that enter the university nowadays, uh, that uh, the, these students have different, let's say, views and, and, and different uh, uses of, of new technologies. Uh, when I was a student long time ago, uh, I still remember that uh, at the end of my studies, uh, we had the first classroom at the university with 20 personal computers. Uh, and they were nicely locked behind doors, uh, and and so we could only look at them and 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 only use them when when there was a professor with us in in that room. Um, if you look at the current generation of students nowadays, uh, they 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 sort of have been born with technology in their hands already. Um, I mean, uh, we we can hardly see students uh, without smartphones, uh, without a laptop, uh, in, and um, so. I think that the, the, the type of students uh, that, that come to the university have changed so dramatically. Uh, and because the fact that they are belonging to a new sort of generation, 
Um, and uh, I have to say that uh, the, 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 the speed in which these generations are changing uh, because of the new trends in, in technology, that this is going uh, very, very fast. And, uh, and so we have to adapt to these new trends and, and, and use uh, new yeah, ways that students are dealing with, their, uh, with the technology. Uh, not only for their living, not only for their jobs that they are doing, but also for uh, learning purposes. Uh, and that's what we try to, to, to explain a bit more in the book. So that um, really comes into uh, being multifaceted as a um, professor. Mm-hmm. So what is, exactly. yeah. You know, you talked about the new capital in this new frontier. What do you think the new capital would be as a digital scholar? Um, I'm not sure if I understand the question correctly. Uh, can, can you repeat it? Sorry, I, I didn't hear it very well. Yes. What is the capital in this new frontier of the digital scholar? What, what is the capital? Yeah, I, I think that, um, uh, yeah. Um, how should I say? Um, I think if you are not adapting to to, to this new, let's say, um, uh, digital world, uh, that um, um, yeah, you you will have difficulties to well, sort of survive, if I can say it like that, in in the sense that uh, the the expectations uh, of the students uh, and and the society in general uh, have become um, totally different uh, and and so um, we need to uh, yeah to think about how we uh, how we yeah uh, make sure that that what we are offering as a teacher that what we are um, uh, or as a researcher uh, that we uh, yeah bring that back to society let's say uh, we all know that uh, well especially in my country but but uh, in, in in other countries as well uh, Education is, uh, is, is, is a very uh, uh, important aspect of, of, of what we can do with, with, uh, with society. Uh, a lot of public money is going into education um, and we need to make sure that, that uh, society can benefit uh, from uh, what, what we put into, in, in, into education. Uh, primary, secondary, tertiary education, lifelong learning. Uh, and I think that as teachers, uh, we, we have a, a huge responsibility here uh, to make sure that what we are doing as, as an academic, as a scholar, uh, is, is um, uh, benef- beneficial for, for society. Um, I don't know if this is an answer to your question, but, but that's the best uh, that I can come up with. Now. Yes, it is. So you're basically saying our skills as digital scholars will help our students be prepared for this new environment. So that's exactly, and that's capital. That's the social capital that we're looking for. Okay. Okay. Now, you know. And it's not only, by the way, it's not only uh, when we talk about scholars, we are not just addressing the the, the, the teaching capacity. Uh, We are also looking at at the research uh, um, responsibility of an academic scholar. Uh, And so what you're doing in in your research should also be beneficial to society. Uh, So we also need to to share and disseminate uh, our research outcomes. Uh, And again, technology plays an important role there nowadays. Uh Absolutely. Now coming to the social media, how 
how are scholars now connecting on social media? Mm-hmm. It's a good question. Um, some of us uh, are, are really very um, prominently uh, present in social media uh, and, uh, and they, they have their own blogs uh, or they, uh, they, 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 they use uh, uh, well, even Facebook or whatever. Um, but um, uh, some others are less uh, interested in that. Um, I know I'm following uh, some some of these digital scholars and 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 what they are doing in in on, on their social media. Um, but uh, I know that 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 this is not for everyone. Um, and um, in in the book, we we try to explain that it's not important to to mimic this. Let's say champions and and front runners uh, and and people that are very uh, active in social media, uh, but that you need to find your own way, let's say, uh, and that you need to, to understand what, what you could uh, uh, share in social media, uh, how you could feel comfortable in, in, in what you're doing there uh, and uh, what you're sharing with, with unknown people all over the world, let's say, uh, or more in closed groups, maybe. Uh, so the, the, yeah, that there is different kinds of people with different personalities. Um, and uh, we, we try to explain how you could feel more and more comfortable and develop your own, let's say, digital personality there in, in these social media and maybe in other media linked to it. Um, and that is what, what we try to, 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 yeah, to develop in, in, in the framework and, and, and uh, let you experience uh, your, yourself uh, by uh, giving some examples, uh, good examples we think that you could look at. You know, you really talked about a lot of technology. And one technology that you talked about was the recorded audio feedback for formative and summative learning. How has that been helpful for you and also for your students? Okay, um, that's an interesting uh, topic. Um, we let me first uh, start by saying that uh, students expect nowadays uh, uh, a very personalized uh, feedback on what they are doing, uh, their assignments, their homework, their exams. Uh, we, um, um, we 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 have to give better feedback uh, to the students on what they have uh, on their performance, let's say in, in, in these learning activities. Um, and you can do that in different ways. Uh, you could do that uh, in an oral format, face to face with students. So you could do that in a written format uh, uh, by, by making notes on, on, uh, on their reports or, or on, on, on written documents. Um, but one particular way is that you could also make a recording to, and, and, and provide that as feedback uh, linked to a document or a report or whatever, or, or maybe just uh, in, in, a, in an email or in the learning management system. Um, the, the, the idea is that um, when, when you're talking to a student, uh, you make it uh, very, very personal, let's say. Um, and it's it's a sort of one to one conversation you can you can have with the student, um, um, just like we have uh, this conversation here now. Uh, I think it's 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 more than just written yeah feedback or or uh, written comments. Uh, you could explain you better. You could uh, um, yeah try to make it. Um, very personal, personalized for the student, uh, but also 
personalized uh, like you are as a teacher. Uh, you, you could express yourself, you could yeah, use your intonation, um, which makes it uh, more, yeah, um, more uh, activating for the student, let's say. Um, and as a feedback, that is uh, that, that kind that could be very important uh, that students can learn from what you're saying, and that they also could uh, assess better uh, what you mean uh, and and how you feel about uh, what you're saying. Uh, things that you cannot see if you only have like written feedback. Yeah. Great. So, as educators, we are trying to help our students become digital media creators. How is this a game changer? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it, it's a very good question. Um, I, I think that, um, uh, yeah, we, we, we talk a lot nowadays about students as co-creators uh, of, of uh, learning activities. Um, and uh, I, I, I very much believe in that concept. Uh, I think that students are a great uh, resource, let's say, uh, to, to improve uh, your, your teaching and learning uh, in, in the classroom uh, or online. Um, and so um, I think that uh, students also have the ca capacities, have the competences um, to, to use uh, technologies. Like I said in the beginning, um, the, the, uh, the, the students nowadays, uh, they, they, yeah, they, they play with the technology, so to say. Um, and uh, it, it's, uh, it, yeah, I think as a teacher, as, as a, even as a researcher also, um, we could tap into that knowledge of the students and, and try to, to see how we could yeah, um, make, make use of that. Um, I think students, um, they would love to, 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 to use their equipment, the, the, the smartphone or laptop or whatever, um, and, and make uh, an, an other type of, of let's say, uh, a report or a document or, or um, yeah, the, the outcome of their, uh, their, their learning activity. Um, they, they would like to create something, maybe a video or podcast or something like that. Uh, they also have to write text. And, and I, I, I would not uh, say that, that this is no longer important, um, but I think that there is more that they can do to, to express themselves uh, and to make sure that, that uh, they can, in the best and optimal way, uh, explain to, to you as a teacher um, what they have learned, what they have been doing, uh, and so on. Um, and so I, I think having the competences, uh, having the equipment, uh, and a willingness, let's say, to, to, to yeah, um, to participate in, in the, the, the learning process in a more active way, uh, that that altogether is something that we should cherish uh, as a teacher. Um, and that helps also the student, I guess, uh, to become a better learner. Um, so I think that, yeah, this is the, the, the answer that I would like to give to that question. Uh, Thank you. Now, open access is very important today. How do you think open access plays a role in this digital scholar integration? That's a good question. Um, I think that for us, uh, when, when we started thinking about the book, um, uh, to be honest, uh, we in, in the beginning, we thought, how can we write a book about uh, the, the, the field uh, of, of uh, uh, instructional technology and, and, uh, and, and um, yeah, 
a digital scholar because that, that is evolving so quickly. Um, and if you publish the book, it's already sort of outdated. Um, so we thought more about uh, an, an, an online uh, uh, course, let's say, uh, maybe a MOOC. Um, but then uh, there were all sorts of practical things that uh, that, that uh, was was hindering us uh, to to do that. Um, and so we shifted back again to the original idea of publishing a book. Um, but then we thought, okay, um, we should make it, um, yeah, publicly available so that everyone can can have access to it. Uh, that was uh, the the reason is that. Uh, in, in many countries, uh, especially in Africa or Latin America and, and, and Southeast Asia, um, it's, it's very hard to, to, to buy books. Uh, and while we think that there is also potential uh, with, with the teachers and scholars there um, to become digital scholars. Uh, so we also wanted to, to, to have these people as, in, as, uh, as readers of the book. Uh, so that was certainly one reason uh, to make it open access. Um, but the second reason uh, was was also that uh, we thought, okay, by publishing it as a as a as an, uh, a PDF uh, document or or an ebook uh, available uh, online, um, we have uh, a better chance that we could keep up with the new trends uh, and and make new versions of the book whenever needed. Um, and so the, that that was another reason that we thought that maybe open access uh, is is. Uh, is a good, uh, yeah, uh, let's say something good to the, um, yeah, to publish the book uh, on on a on a regular basis with with updates and so on. Uh, okay, thank you. Now, when we're looking at networking as scholars, how is this changing in our atmosphere? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Again, I remember when I was uh, a young scholar uh, and we wanted to network, um, then we had to travel. Uh, we had to take the plane and, 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 and fly to, uh, um, to, to the, an, an exotic place somewhere else in the world. Uh, and then we could go to a conference uh, and meet people there, uh, meet in person. Um, I think that uh, the way we are networking nowadays uh, is, is totally different. Uh, and the, the, um, there is so many ways that we could nowadays uh, network with people all over the world. Um, and uh, yeah, the pandemic has shown us the way forward, let's say. Um, we do know not have to fly to, to conferences all the time. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that that face-to-face -face, uh, conferences uh, where you can go in person and meet people uh, in person, uh, that we should forget about that. Uh, no, certainly not. Um, but I think that uh, nowadays, thanks to the technology, um, there is so many other ways uh, that, that we could uh, make connections uh, with people uh, all over the world. Um, and I think that, uh, yeah, this will not change anymore. Uh, I mean, uh, we will not, uh, yeah, I, I think we will go to a more blended way of networking, let's call it, uh, where we still go to conferences and still go to project meetings uh, where we will uh, have an opportunity uh, to, to see people in person and so on. Uh, but many, yeah, I think that a, a, a more substantial part of our networking activities uh, 
will be online, uh, I think. Um, and so finding the proper balance of uh, what we could do, um, let's say on site, uh, person to person, uh, and what we do online, uh, I think that finding that new balance is also part of evolving as a digital scholar. Thank you. And, you know, you talked about the continuous professional development. How can a busy professor keep up with everything that's changing? That's a very good question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I think that, um, yeah, it should be sort of part of your job. Uh, I mean, you should not consider that as something extra uh, or something that you need to do on top of other things. Uh, I think the best way to, to, to succeed is uh, if you could integrate it uh, somewhere into um, your, your, let's say, other daily duties uh, and make it as an integral part of, of uh, all what you're doing uh, in, in your busy life as an academic, as a scholar. Uh, I think that for me, um, that's the, the uh, that, that's one of the, the answers I can give. Um, the second answer is that uh, I think it's it's not necessary uh, to redo the work that others already have done for you. Uh, what do I mean? Um, I know, for instance, that uh, many people are, for instance, looking at what are the trends in in in, in education and in technology and education. Uh, uh, you do not have to do that yourself. Uh, it, I think it's 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 okay to rely on what others have been uh, doing, and and you could learn from them, and you could then try to see, okay, is there something in for me, or is this not for me? Uh, and and you could yeah better assess, let's say, um, what, what others have been doing, and and make sure that that you pick up the, the, the right lessons learned from others uh, and try to integrate that into your own daily work. Um, so that could be a second part of the answer to the question. Um, just try to see what others have been doing. Um, do not reinvent the wheel. Uh, do not do all the research yourself, uh, but just try to see, um, to follow what, what others are doing and, and make your own, let's say, personal assessment of, of the situation. Uh, so integrate it in your daily work. Try to see what others are doing. Uh, that could be my answer to your question. Thank you. Now, if you had a crystal ball, what does the future look like for the digital scholar in the next 10 years? Uh -huh. <laughs> well, let me first start by saying that I do not have that crystal ball. <laughs> but uh, now you ask me, um, I, th I think, yeah. Um, for me, um, it, it would look like something where, um, in, yeah, um, like I already said, uh, I, I think I very much believe in, in, in the proper balance, the proper blend between online uh, technology supported uh, uh, activities um, and still forming a community of human beings, uh, people, persons uh, that uh, and, and trying um, yeah, to, to better balance these two worlds uh, into and, and make sure that they merge together, that they integrate, that there is uh, less barriers to, to, to jump from one, from one side to the other side, let's say. Um, 
that yeah that we feel more comfortable to to move from one world into the other uh, and vice versa um that that could be one aspect i think um another aspect that i also think that that might become more and more interesting to look at is um now we are very much focusing on scholars uh, on on teachers and researchers uh, right um but i also think and and uh, we we addressed it uh, a little bit earlier um with uh, that that students um also are playing their role let's say in the digital world um, and they are living in their digital world um the generation uh, z for the, uh, at at this moment um so um I, I i also think that in the next coming years um it would be nice to see that the worlds of 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 these scholars and the worlds of the students uh that these worlds are, are more and more merging together um and i think that that also thanks to the technology um that that we have opportunities here where we could find interesting ways uh, where these two worlds uh, come together uh, so yeah that i i would love that to, um, i i would like to see that happening uh that students and teachers scholars uh, are yeah mingling together and and that that we are learning from each other sharing uh much more than we do at this moment uh, co-creating learning experiences uh, that would be yeah my dream let's say for the next five to ten years well we've taken up enough of your time what is the next project that you will be working on? Oh, <laughs> um, in, in, in the field of the, the, the digital scholar, you mean? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, for the moment, I think that uh, uh, one of the things that I'm very much interested in is um, to, 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 um, to find some PhD scholarships, <laughs> let's say, uh, where I could then hire uh, PhD students uh, from um, yeah I, I already mentioned uh, the, the the African and Latin American uh, countries uh, I would love to see what, uh, what what we could bring there uh, with regard to digital scholarship um, but I would also like to learn uh, from them uh, what uh, what, what they are uh, dealing with, uh, what, how they see these things happening in their countries. Um, we, we should not deny that th th there is um, a lot of challenges in, in, in their universities um, compared to what, what we are used to in, in, in the Western world, let's say. Um, but I, I, I think that interesting things are happening there as well. Um, and I would love to see uh, or to learn at least uh, from them uh, how what the concepts that we have in mind could be applicable in their situation, uh, what things are different uh, and, and that might be based on culture or, or other uh, aspects uh, and how can we make our, uh, let's say, framework uh, uh, more applicable in different contexts and situations. Um, that would be uh, uh, a topic that I would be very interested in in the very near future. That sounds like a great project. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. We've enjoyed the information. My pleasure. <laughs>